following program is intended for mature audiences. Welcome back to the podcast, Rudy's Revelation. It's Sunday, October 10th, 2021. This week, I'll be talking again about gaslighting, psychic driving, and how the establishment is doubling down on the current deceptive narrative that libertarian and conservative populism is a threat to democracy and not the unelected establishment itself. Also be talking back to the Sunday Talking Heads on CBS Face the Nation where Maggie Brennan talks with globalist minion Fiona Hill, the traitorous wrath who testified against Trump during his second impeachment. Also be checking out Sunday Morning Propaganda at our favorite feel-good feature news program, CBS Sunday Morning, where Martha Teichner talks with Hillary Clinton, who just penned a novel with author Louise Penny that helped stoke fear of a populist Trump resurgence. Also be tearing into the Sunday New York Times, showing how the newspaper continually mischaracterizes the facts to mislead the public. And of course, I'll be going over a week in headlines all in the next 30 minutes. But first, I'll be taking you back to school, giving you some historical context to frame this week's news narratives. The word of the day is gaslight. To psychologically manipulate a person usually over an extended period of time so that the victim questions the validity of their own thoughts, perception of reality, or memories and experiences, confusion, loss of confidence and self-esteem, and doubts concerning their own emotional or mental stability. And the reason I bring up gaslighting again, of course, is because the establishment keeps telling us the same lies over and over and over again, otherwise known as psychic driving, and we're going to get into that term as well. From Wikipedia, gaslighting, the term is used informally to describe someone as a gaslighter who persistently puts forth a false narrative which leads another person, group of people, to doubt their own perceptions to the extent that they become disoriented and distressed. This dynamic is generally only possible when the audience is vulnerable, such as in unequal power relationships or when the audience is fearful of the losses associated with challenging the false narrative. Gaslighting is not necessarily malicious or intentional, although in some cases it is. Now, if most people didn't know, gaslighting comes from, the term gaslighting comes from the movie, the 1944 film Gaslight, which was also a play. 
Gaslighting, once referred to extreme manipulation that could induce mental illness or justifies commitment to a psychiatric institution. It is now used more generally, a non-literal sense, and often for radical or vivid effect. And that's what we're going to be doing today from thehealthy.com. Six warning signs you've been gaslighted. Gaslighting happens between romantic partners, but also in family relationships, friendships, and often at the office. What is gaslighting? In a way, it's psychological brainwashing. Gaslighting is a type of emotional and mental abuse when someone uses manipulation and distraction tactics to distort the truth, usually making their victim question their own reality. It can happen in any type of close relationship or even dealing with people that are often in the media, politicians, and other media personalities. Three main phases that a victim goes through during a gaslighting process. Disbelief. The first few times someone tries to change your reality, you will likely not believe them and may tell them that they're wrong or they have misunderstood the situation. Number two, defense. The more someone gaslights you, the more you will begin to question whether the gaslighter has a point. But you will still try to defend yourself. And number three, depression. After a while, you believe them, particularly in their criticism stem from a fear you may have. The more the gaslighter can keep you feeling insecure and questioning your reality, the more you'll believe their explanation. And that brings us into psychic driving. Psychic driving was a psychiatric procedure of the 1950s and 60s in which patients were subjected to continually repeated audio messages on a loop tape to alter their behavior. In psychic driving, patients were often exposed to hundreds of thousands of repetitions of a single statement over the course of their treatment. They were also concurrently administered muscular paralytic drugs such as Cure Air to subdue them for the purpose of the exposure to the loop messages. The procedure was pioneered by Dr. Ewan Cameron and used and funded by the CAA's Project MKUltra program in Canada. Now, um, the reason I bring up psychic driving is because that is the two-pronged effect of gaslighting is if it's repeated long enough, that's how it gets into your consciousness. That's how you begin doubting yourself, what you've seen or what you believed previously. And when you start coming around um, to the gaslighter's point of view, they just repeat the message over and over again. And when you begin to question it, they just say, you're out of your mind. Psychic driving has been used in ritual abuse, cults, and captivity. This is from Psychology Today. In an art article by Robert Mueller, cult survivors are often severely traumatized. The way you psychologically manipulate somebody um, in trauma-based mind control, and it is really the core of most mind control, is that you traumatize them either emotionally or physically. Uh, so it doesn't have to be physical. You don't have to be physically tortured. You could be emotionally tortured or just confused or put into a state of cognitive dissonance. Psychic driving is defined by psychologist Ellen Lachter as tape messages that are played for hours nonstop while the victim is in a state of consciousness altered by sleep deprivation, electroshock, sensory deprivation, and inadequate nutrition. So most of the public are in some of these states, all of these states, but they are definitely induced into a state of receptiveness that allows the psychic driving techniques, which you see on the news all the time, and that's why messaging is so important. They repeat the same message over and over again, build back better, and eventually it seeps into your consciousness, even if you're resistant. From the American Journal of Psychiatry, you can find the abstract 
article by Dr. Ewan Cameron, the one who uh, pioneered the process for the CIA. And it lists in the abstract, psychodriving is a potent procedure and invariably produces responses in the patient and often intense responses. The responses tend ultimately to be therapeutic. That's debatable. The effects of psychodriving, the following work hypothesis has been set up penetration of shielding to penetrate the resistance, the psychological resistance people have of being lied to. And then there's the driving, there's the constant repetition, and then there is the engagement. And this is where dialogue becomes dangerous because after these first two steps, after you've been penetrated and after you start to be driven psychologically, then they get there's a give and take process which makes you feel like you have control. So once the driving has taken place, they kind of nurture your psychology to say what, you know, what you're starting to believe is correct. And there's a give and take there. And then comes the dynamic implant. A given period of psychic driving may continue to produce additional effects after the period of actual driving has been terminated. A premise has been advanced that a period of psychic driving may set up within the individual an area of intensified responsiveness, which calls him back repeatedly to activation of the area concerned. So uh, after the psychic driving, um, you can trigger these people in the future after the driving is completed, uh, usually with a simple phrase. And number four, uh, the psychic driving lends itself to great many modifications with respect to its application. This is all from the American Journal of Psychiatry. Less than 3% of you people read books. And we're going to bring you uh, to the reading recommendation of the week, of course, is gaslighting, recognize manipulative and emotionally abusive people, and break free. And this is a book by Dr. Stephanie Moulton Sarkis. In the book by Stephanie Sarkis, The Hidden Manipulation Technique, Why Gaslighters Seem So Normal at First. Uh, this is, and gaslighting is usually a, it's a character trait of narcissists. So narcissists obviously want control of everything. Uh, they lack empathy. And so wh when they want to control somebody, they obviously use this manipulative technique. And uh, gaslighter seems so normal at first. And then it lists, will list, this book will list warning signs and examples, gaslighter red flags on a first date. And so a lot of these books and a lot of the articles concerning gaslighting always has to do with romantic relationships, and that's not always the case, but with romantic relationships, uh, that's how people get to know and they obviously discover that somebody can manipulate them is because they meet a new person, they're so charming or whatever, and then all of a sudden, a few weeks, months, or years into the relationship, they realize they're being lied to, but they allowed themselves to be manipulated into the situation because people are very vulnerable when they get into new relationships. Practical strategies for coping with gaslighting, how to co-parent with a gaslighter, how to protect yourself from a gaslighter at work, how to walk away and rebuild your life. And that's basically the book is usually for romantic, romantic relationships, but you could use these strategies to break free and become an independent thinker when it comes down to the media and society in general, the establishment uses these very same and pretty basic brainwashing uh, techniques and mind control techniques that are used every day. And if you talk to anybody in advertising, they'll tell you that they use a slew of propaganda and manipulative techniques uh, like nudging, 
to get people to do what they want them to do, which is usually buy products or vote a certain way or have a, a certain worldview. We're going to get right into the news. Uh, this is from the Daily Beast. This movie, Lamb, is the lamb-human hybrid horror movie that will haunt your dreams. Now, people didn't know there's this recent uh, human-animal hybrid uh, series on Netflix called Sweet Tooth, and now they're just in time for Halloween. There's the movie called Lamb. They are creating chimeric creatures, uh, part human, and they're cloning humans, and they are creating these hybrids. And the Democrats um, just uh, voted down a bill that would limit human-animal hybrid experiments. From the AP, Taiwan rejects China's path amid show of military force. Now, people haven't been paying attention. China is uh, flexing its muscles around the reunification of the island of Taiwan, where the non-communist Chinese fled in the late 1940s. Uh, Taiwan's president on Sunday vowed to defend the island from China's rising pressure of reunification after a week of unprecedented tensions with Beijing, which included uh, the communist country flying military aircraft over the island. From the Sacramento Bee, UCLA doctor willing to lose everything escorted from work for refusing COVID vaccine. This isn't being reported in mainstream media, but it's all over. and we're going to get into a couple more articles concerning that. Even at my place of employment, um, they mandated the vaccine, even though that there's no legal uh, standard for it. An anesthesiologist at the UCLA Health in California, who was not who has not shied away from airing his suspicions about COVID-19 vaccines, was escorted out of his workplace this week for refusing to get vaccinated in defiance of a statewide and employer mandate. The guy, his name is Dr. Christopher Blake, and um, Everybody else should resist this, too. It's not legal. From the New York Post, Seattle could fire 40% of police force over COVID-19 vaccine mandate. There's an article by Carrie Byrne from the 9th. Seattle's already depleted police department is bracing for another setback. The city is poised to fire as many as 403 officers, about 40% of the 1,000-person police force, for failing to take the COVID-19 jab on October 18th deadline. The environment has been pretty toxic and negative, according to one of the police. Also from the AP News, thousands march in Rome to protest workplace vaccine rule. Of course, this is from AP. And if you look at it, it's really hundreds of thousands, at the very least tens of thousands. Thousands of demonstrators marched down Rome's famous Via Veneto and other streets on Saturday, some smashing their way into a union office and clashing with police as they protested Italy's new Green Pass vaccination requirement for employers to enter their offices. Excuse me, employees. The certification is mandatory beginning on October 15th and applies to public and private workplaces. Uh, This is the mark of the beast. The mark of the beast. Uh, People didn't know. People just should read their scripture. So take a look at it if you want or not. Um, but it's really happening. It's called Living Bible. This is from American Outlook. I can only find one article that brought up, if people didn't know, uh, Trump hold, uh, holds a massive rally in Des Moines, Iowa, and this was, I think, Saturday night. I watched the speech. Uh, he endorsed Senator Chuck Grassley at the event, but the big point about the event, which only one place um, reported on, yeah, it was Saturday night, and um, he was at the... Des Moines Fairground, and he broke an attendance record. So the place usually holds about 14,000 people. 
the attendance record was 17,300 and something, and so he broke that. So there were over 17,000 people at this event for Trump. Nobody wants to report that, but he's as popular as ever. This is the only way to get the country back, is you have to stand up and support Get thousands of people either in the street or you want to go to Trump rallies, you can go to Trump rallies, but protest what's going on in not just in America, but in the world, the war against liberty. This is from The Hill. Growing number of Democrats endorse abolishing debt limit altogether. Of course, in this article by Christina Marcos, the Democrats, well, obviously, if you're a liberal, you believe in liberal spending, regardless of what, you know, some of the effects might be on the overall economy. You just want to keep borrowing and printing money and enriching the banks for new programs. And the spending always goes up. And now the spending is really out of control. From Fox News, robots do all the work at Nissan's intelligent plant. Nissan's intelligent factory hardly has any human workers. The robots do the work, including welding and mounting. They do the paint jobs and inspect their own paint jobs. Um, part of the robot takeover, if you didn't know, uh, robots are taking over. At least that's what the... Uh, elite have planned is uh, to eliminate all the jobs because it'll be easier to get rid of mankind and they're preparing for that by making everything robotic. This is from the Wall Street Journal, how to move more goods through America's clogged infrastructure, robot trains. Uh, case in point, self-driving trains could be greener, carry more stuff and help unclog America's congested supply chains and making them a reality will likely be far easier than perfecting autonomous vehicles. This is true but people aren't watching. So part of this supply chain problem is just an excuse to get uh, robots more commonly used in the fray. Problem, reaction, solution, or the Hegelian dialectic, you could just look at it, is they cause a problem, they offer a solution, and the solution is always, we get fucked. This is from the Washington Post. Hundreds of thousands of U.S. troops have not yet complied with vaccine mandate as deadlines nears. Hundreds of thousands of troops. Um, there were over 600 Navy SEALs who said they'll never get the vaccine. They know about biological warfare. They know what's going on. And this is going to affect military readiness, but that's what they want. And from the Associated Press, tensions flare as Chinese flights near Taiwan intensify. This is earlier in the week, this is from the 6th, as many people, and as I mentioned earlier, record numbers of military flights near Taiwan. Over the last week, China has been showing a new intensity in military sophistication as it steps up its harassment of the island it claims as its own and asserts its territorial ambitions in the region. The Chinese People's Liberation Army flew 56 planes over the southwest coast of Taiwan on Monday, setting a new record and capping four days of sustained pressure involving 149 flights. And it continued on to, into the week as well. This is from CBS2 uh, local in Los Angeles. Experts say prices at grocery stores will continue to rise for over a year. Well, that's what happens when you borrow a $10 trillion. This is from the Dispatch. Federal probe scrutinizes financial dealings of the American Conservative Union. Uh, Matt Schlapp's group, the one that puts on CPAC every year, is American Conservative Union. And so now the uh, administration is using federal resources to go after their political enemies, including one of the major ones, the American Conservative Union, and no one's even paying attention to this. This is from The Guardian. Dystopian world, Singapore patrol robots stoke fears of surveillance state. Trial robots to police undesirable behavior, such as smoking or breaching social distancing rules. 
Singapore has trialed patrol robots that blast warnings at people engaging in undesirable social behavior, adding to an arsenal of surveillance technology in the tightly controlled city-state that is fueling privacy concerns. Well, of course, because you're going to have this um, social credit score, and uh, the robots will be able to identify you by facial features um, or your phone, of course, and um, then they can bark orders at you to go home or if you're breaking your curfew or your quarantine or whatever it is. This is from the News Tribune. Washington woman fourth to die from J&J COVID vaccine of 15 million given shot nationwide. So here they're trying to put a spin on it, uh, this article by Katie Camero, um, that a fourth woman died from a J&J vaccine of over 15 million given the shot. I mean, this is one reported incidence to count it as the fourth woman to die. You don't necessarily know uh, how many deaths or injuries are contributed to the J&J shot, uh, let alone, you know, anybody else. But one person to die from a vaccine is too many. Sure, people get side effects and stuff, but no one should be dying of something. You know, it's the lottery. Well, what are my chances of dying? You're going to take the chance, even if it's one in a million. Are you going to take the chance to take the shot? This is an article from Reuters where Sweden and Denmark pause Moderna COVID-19 vaccine for younger age groups. Sweden and Denmark said on Wednesday that they are pausing the use of the Moderna's COVID-19 vaccine for younger age groups after reports of possible rare cardiovascular side effects. Again, rare. From U.S. News & World Report, brazen China steadily ramps up warplane flights in Taiwan's airspace. Beijing appears to believe now is the time to test America's resolve and support for the island nation as it boasts its military might. So this is even earlier in the week. This is war. We're at war. How do you think we're being softened up? Not just by propaganda, not just about psychological operations, not just biological warfare, you know, through the vaccines and through the disease itself. Wake up, people. Wake up! Wake up! I mean, this is asymmetric warfare. We're under attack. We have been under attack for friggin' 30 years. All right, we're going to tear into the New York Times. First article in the tech section, or is actually in the business section, we're smarter about Facebook now. With each Facebook crisis, we become savvier about the influence of tech companies on our lives. Now, this is kind of a misleading article. Most people might have seen the whistleblower out there who says, oh, that Facebook is bad for kids. Well, it's bad for everyone. It has bad psychological effects, and Facebook knows this. But this is not the reason that we should be concerned. We should be concerned, in this article by Shira Ovide, that the problem is not that Facebook ruins people. We know it's bad for people psychologically. They've experimented on us for time and time again. This actually comes out of a CIA project that was basically the same thing. It was called LifeLog, and uh, they disbanded it right after Facebook uh became a thing. Shira goes on to say, Facebook's crisis du jour kicked off by whistleblowers claims that the company repeatedly shows its short-term corporate interests over the good of humanity. Some nuance has likely been lost. Instagram's internal research about the app's influence on teenage girls' mental health doesn't appear conclusive, as some researchers told me. So she goes off and now she makes excuses for Facebook, but she doesn't get into the fact that they censor. And they're asking the government to censor more. For misinformation about what? About the vaccine. 
Most abortions in Texas banned again after court ruling. The federal appeals court temporarily reinstated the law that bans most abortions after six weeks of pregnancy while it considers a district judge's ruling. So the reason Texas did this and other states soon to follow is not necessarily the turn over Roe versus Wade, but the fact is if you are legalizing abortion into the third trimester, into the ninth month, that's essentially murder. So they tried to roll it back as far as they could within a moral framework um, because anytime when you negotiate something, is it, you know, can you abort a fetus or a baby at nine months or can you limit it as early as six weeks? So that's the compromise. So if you insist on aborting babies in the third trimester, well, states are going to come back and want to limit that as early as possible. Starting a fire, U.S. and China enter dangerous territory over Taiwan. The self-ruled island has moved to the heart of the deepening discord and rivalry between the two superpowers. China's a superpower now, according to the New York Times, with the potential to ignite military conflagration and reshape the regional order. Free Chinese fled to Taiwan, the island of Taiwan, after they were routed by the communist forces and after they were double-crossed by the American intelligence services, particularly the CIA, who decided to throw their lot in behind the communists, which they have done around the world for some time. Of course, we're going to leave you now in the Sunday Review. The first one is from the editorial board, Stop the Debt Ceiling Nonsense. Again, this is uh, the New York Times throwing their lot behind liberals, because liberal means liberal spending, and they want to get rid of the debt ceiling because they want to keep borrowing money. They want to keep giving money to the banks. So they want to keep putting your children and grandchildren into debt that they can't get out of, leveraging the freedom of this country to the Chinese. This is Ezra Klein giving his opinion on the David Shore uh, article or op-ed that he wrote, which David Shore is telling Democrats what they don't want to hear. And basically, it was a startling uh, revelation by a leftist that um, the left is losing the policy battle because people just don't trust known liars. Shore started modeling elections in 2008 and was a 16-year-old blogger, and he proved good at it by 2012, he was deep inside President Barack Obama's re-election campaign, putting together the fabled Golden Report, which modeled the election daily. The forecast proved spookily accurate and ultimately predicted every swing state but Ohio within a percentage point and called the national popular vote within one-tenth of one percentage point. His personal story became proof of his political theory. The Democratic Party was trapped in an echo chamber of Twitter activists and woke staff members. It lost touch with the working class voters of all races and it needs to win elections. And even progressive institutions dedicated to data analysis analysis refusing to face the hard facts of public opinion and electoral geography just a, a clue for most people out there they don't care about you this is the party of the ku klux klan remember so we're going to get off into the talking heads and uh first up is uh fiona hill who if you don't know she's a globalist she said um globalism or a globalist the term globalist is an anti-semitic conspiracy theory even though she works for a publication, she writes for a publication called The Globalist. She had one time uh, been on the board for the Open Society Foundation, but now she's well graduated into the elite by being a member of the Council of Foreign Relations and the Trilateral Commission, 
which, if you don't know, are globalist institutions looking to build a one-world corporate government. You know, at first, um, Fiona Hill, she makes some very realistic points, and this is the problem with mind control, is they always put in a few truths, and then they follow up with a big lie. So let's listen. Unfortunately, I'm seeing the populism on the right as the most threatening at the moment. Fiona Hill, author of The Globalist. We want to bring in another former Trump White House advisor, Fiona Hill. She was a senior director at the National Security Council and a key witness in President Trump's first impeachment trial in 2019. Outright treason. Her new book is called There's Nothing For You Here. Fiona Hill dismissed charges she was a globalist by referring to the term as an anti-Semitic conspiracy theory. So that title comes from something that your father, a coal miner um, in the north of England, told you when you were coming of age. A lot of people are feeling somewhat alienated from you know, the politics. But there's also, in so many parts of the United States, a lot of questions that people are having about their education and their educational future, particularly with COVID and all of the economic problems that we're seeing, everything you've been covering in all the segments. People wondering, are they going to get a job? Are they going to be able to make a better life, a life for themselves than their parents had, which is always the expectation in America. I mean, I think that's the whole premise that the country's been based on, is the idea that your children, your grandchildren will live better than you. And I think that that's the big um, issue we're grappling with right now is whether that's still possible. You use terms like the politics of cultural despair, fertile ground for populist politics. How dangerous is this moment? I think this dangerous, uh, the moment is incredibly dangerous. I mean, we are in a dangerous moment. People are talking about a prospective constitutional crisis. We're already in it. I mean, I was listening very um, attentively to what Chris Krebs um, is saying, somebody who I worked with extremely closely. And when Chris had to basically call out domestic threats to the election. They cheat. They cheat. During the 2020 presidential election, it should have been obvious to everyone. He was the Department of Homeland Security. His whole job was to push back against external threats, not against domestic actors who were trying to undermine the integrity of the election. But if I see tens of thousands of ballots being manipulated, I can't go along with that. When you look at the politics of the moment that you describe as dangerous, do you see a difference between populism on the right and populism on the left? Do you see them as equally potentially threatening? Unfortunately, I'm seeing the populism on the right as the most threatening at the moment. I think you're looking at way more people wounded and probably some people who would have been killed because you just would have had members of Congress and congressional staff out on a baseball diamond. You know, but very sadly, it's on the right um, that we're seeing uh, the main threats. What? It's actors on the right, not just in Congress and in the Senate. What? You know, places where you'd actually expect people to be upholding their oaths of office to the Constitution and to the people. Dear God. But it's actors on that right who are also uh, basically calling for violence against uh, fellow Americans. And at all times, they're talking down the integrity of the election system. They cheat. They cheat. And then, of course, we've just had the rally that President Trump conducted in Iowa. God bless America. Clearly prepping for his return to the presidency. The presidency says that he's never left because he's saying that the election was stolen away from him and, you know, the whole of the rally, about 85% of his speech at the rally was all about the stealing of the election. But if I see tens of thousands of ballots being manipulated, I can't go along with that. You know, in the book Peril, uh, Robert Costa and, and Bob Woodward wrote, the chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, Mark Milley, at the end of it, 
is quoted uh, as comparing the January 6th siege of the Capitol to the great dress rehearsal. You're a Russia analyst. You know exactly. immediately what that phrase is, which is what Lenin called an uprising that preceded the revolution. I read that and I said, dear God. Yeah. I mean, he, the general is saying that this is a precursor potentially to further violence. What? Is, is this overstating things in a historical sense? Dear God. He's not overstating it at all because I mean, we all saw in real time what happened on January 6th at the Capitol building. And General Milley was absolutely right. Like you're just saying, we've seen many historical episodes where there is violence. Pro-Trump supporter, later identified as Ashley Babbitt, tries to make her way through a window. There was a shot. People discounted. They think that this is just a passing occurrence. You know, Vice President Pence has been downplaying it. Even though he would have been targeted, he was targeted. They wanted to lynch him. What? You're the Nazi, socialist, commies, authoritarian. And I said that also in the book, that this was, in effect, a dress rehearsal for something that could be happening near term. That's not funny! 2024, we've... That's just politics, that's just political messaging. They'll look at the violence. I've heard people tell me this on Capitol Hill and just say, that's a riot. A few crazy people. not the precursor or a, a dry run of a coup, as the general put it in the terms of, that you are right now. I mean, how do you respond to people saying you're overreacting, essentially? Well, people are saying that because they don't have any personal experience of these kinds of events. Father, a coal miner um, in the north of England, told you when you were coming uh, of age. But I can certainly tell you, as an immigrant, as somebody who came to the United States in 1989, against the backdrop of the crumbling of the Berlin Wall and the backdrop of the end of the Cold War. I also know immigrants, you know, like myself, who came from war zones. What? Father, a coal miner um, in the north of England. I mean, how do you respond to people saying you're overreacting? That's a riot. A few crazy people. Not the precursor or a, a dry run of a coup. Yeah, it's not. Uh, they keep painting it, and this is what I got in the gaslight in the beginning of the program is that it's gaslighting they keep telling you that january 6th was some sort of armed insurrection when no one was armed it wasn't an insurrection if you look at all the footage i hate to do this to you but i'm gonna leave you <laughs> with uh, the sunday propaganda of hillary clinton as a new book out again trying to shore up a political resurgence for her but also in this fictitious book you know they have a character based on trump and they outline more of their lies, like he was some sort of incompetent fool trying to label Trump as incompetent and trying to undermine his return to the political stage. So let's listen. Hillary Clinton can add a new entry to her resume. We were dreaming of, you know, going to exotic places. Oh, my places. God, that's true. Let's go to Jamaica. <laughs> we were going to go all, yes. all over the oh, yeah. world and yeah, do our yeah. writing together. Yeah, yeah. we'll sit in some <laughs> resort somewhere in the Caribbean. You're wondering how Hillary Clinton happened to write a book, a thriller out Tuesday, with acclaimed Canadian mystery writer Louise Penny. Here's how. I'm running for president in 2016, as you might remember. And, uh, <laughs> oh. oh, yeah, 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 it seems so long ago. That's not funny! for you, Hill. State of Terror is published by St. Martin's Press and Simon & Schuster, a division of Viacom CBS. I, I can't convey to you how much fun it was. Warning, you're about to see Hillary Clinton as you've probably never seen her before. No! 
The heroes are two middle-aged women. They showed their insecurities, their fears. We found out right away that Ellen Adams had her grooming issues. <laughs> <laughs> I I was yeah, that was, that was a little bit of personal experience. <laughs> oh my gosh, the hair, the hair again. Come on, people. And, and you were I, underestimated. Well, you know, I think it kind of goes with the territory of being uh, a woman in a high public position. What if nukes got into the hands of terrorists? foreign and domestic. What? The book is loaded with insider stuff Clinton knows from experience. It was fun to come up with, you know, scenes. Obviously, Washington, D.C., the White House, Situation Room, off the Oval record. Office, Off the Record, the bar uh, in the Hay Adams. Caricatures of political figures on its walls and on its very collectible coasters. There's a president by the name of Eric Dunn, the previous president, whose administration is described on page three as nearly criminally incompetent. And he lives in Palm Beach. Mm, interesting. <laughs> oh. A lot of people live in Palm Beach. Have they you noticed do. that? Yeah, they do. a lot of people. Are yeah. we supposed to read that as Donald Trump? Fuck you! No, but I think we're supposed to realize that there are characteristics of real people that yeah. we obviously learned from, that we incorporated. This is a wake-up call for, for anybody who cares about America, the world. When's the movie? <laughs> <laughs> who plays us? We're, We're not in it. We're not in it. We're oh, not how in did it. we write ourselves out of it? <laughs> what? That is the worst, even look at Hillary Clinton. But yeah, so they wrote this book uh, demonizing uh, Donald Trump. Uh, they claim that the character isn't based on him. It is, obviously. Um, they're not in it, thank God. But I'm not going to be reading the book. But it's just an effort to elevate her politically and to demonize Trump politically and the whole movement. You know, don't forget, we're a basket of deplorables. All right, we'll see you next week. Rudy's Revelation. Don't forget to like, subscribe, and comment. You can check me out on Facebook, Twitter, Locals, Parlor, and Minds. We'll see you next week.